0: show, a little bit of Melbourne and a touch of faith. the Malvydelphia show, the Malvydelphia show, a little bit of Melbourne and a touch of faith. the Malvydelphia show. Touch of Philly. And now I have, and I know a few of you out there are waiting with absolute bated breath. <laughs> and I have my new buddy, my new friend from LA, and I should say infamous promoter, and that is Doug Young. Doug, how are you?
1: I'm good. Now, I got to be all that. Infamous. I just was a good promoter at a time where I guess what we did turned out to be pretty infamous.
0: Damn. Well, you know what? I mean, I was reading up about you because, of course, you know, and I don't like to read too much about people I bring on because I like it to be really natural. I don't like to ask questions that other people ask. I like it to be like you're sitting on a couch talking to me. But what I found really interesting because I'm so interested in promotions, I'm so interested in them. And you've what blew me away was you have been given credit for the street promotions and street teams that you basically. Uh, you know, put forth with your efforts with uh, NWA and Death Row Records. And before that, it didn't happen. And it's still what people use today, you know. So how did that come about? And they give you credit for this. So I want to know a bit about this.
1: This is what happened. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, like, you kind of know, we started all, we all started down at McCola. I don't care what... um, It's only two people out of California that didn't get their records pressed at Mercola. That was too short. And I can't think of the other one right now. I'm drawing a blank, but too short and somebody else. Right. Uh Uh-huh. And at that time, you know, you had groups like digital underground, E. V. E. of course, the Egyptian level was big. The LA dream team was big. King T was really big, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and people weren't playing those records. There just mm-hmm. was no way we were going to get those records on radio. We all knew it. So mm-hmm. we just had to come up with a merit of ways of, of just kind of retooling, rechanging the game.
2: Right.
1: And how that how that actually came about was this. When we graduated from McCola Records, I then started working for a lot of the major record labels at the same time, Capitol being one of them, MCA uh-huh. being another one. Remember, Ernie Singleton was there with us at the convention, right, uh, right. Warner Brothers. Um, uh, I, I mean, you, you, you get where I'm going with this. But uh-huh. so what happened was when uh, Step Johnson gave me, Lionel now and Jeff House, he, um, basically, you know, they, they gave us the job. They gave us to start a new whole program because we was changing music, too, at that time. Mm-hmm. So they needed us to come up with an acronym so we can get paid. <laughs> and he said and see you guys I'm just how you how this really happened. Right. So Steph said so they wanted to call it Lionel uh um uh Steph Johnson and Jeff House wanted to call it street the street awareness program. So those acronyms was basically SAP. Mm-hmm. I'm like no. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not calling it SAP. No. SAP <laughs> <So, Step. laughs> Yeah.
0: So, oh, my so, God. Um, I can just I, imagine. That
1: yeah, would be crazy. Right. So I said, look, give me a give me the night to think about it. So I'm at home, okay. and I smoke the joint, and I'm just sitting up thinking, can I call this? Because I wanted my <laughs> check the next day, right?
0: Right, right, right.
1: So I said, why don't we call it? I, I called the guys, and I said, why don't we call it the Street Awareness Team, huh. you know, in abbreviation, Street Team. Right. They said, yeah, that's brilliant. I said, because what we are doing anyway, we're in the streets. And we are a team, mm-hmm. And we're putting up stuff through the streets. So I coined I the phrase street teams." But what happened was Steve Rifkin copyrighted it of Loud Records, the owner.
0: Oh, my God. Okay.
1: So that's what happened. Wow. But, yeah, I, I was the one that coined street teams. And, you know, Jerry, in his book, I think he gave me credit for that. Yes,
0: yes, because, you know, when I was reading, I, and I didn't read the whole thing, but, you know, I just wanted, mm-hmm. you know, I I just, you know, I wanted to tap into a couple of things. Now, you know, that's so integral, the street teams, even today, especially with right. so much. And, you know, I have this indie show that I do Uh, you know, once a week for three hours. And, I mean, there's so much demand for what I'm doing because there's not enough platforms for indie artists, especially great indie artists, to get exposure. So, you know, what I'm doing, I'm finding it's like growing and growing and the potential is huge because people don't have a way to get their music heard. And I'm making sure that everything that I play, I love. I don't rely on anyone else to listen to it. I listen to it because it's representing my brand, melbourne That's me, a little bit of right. Melbourne and a touch of Philly. I'm, I'm Australia and America. I'm Melbourne, I'm Philly. That's me. And so right. when I say melbourne I'm representing myself and I'm representing my tastes. And I like music mm-hmm. across the board. Uh, you know, I love I love hip hop. I love you know I love rap. I love you know all types of music. I even love some country. You know, not a lot of country, right. but I like some country. I love music. Well, if I it's like a good, country
1: music. Country yeah. music has really great lyrics. Yes, really yes thunk that's thunk.
0: the thing. It's a story. That's what I love mm-hmm. about the country. I like the story. Um, you know, I like some country. I don't like all country, but I like some country. Um, I don't like right. heavy metal. Really, though I did like the first song I ever learned on guitar was Stairway to Heaven. Now, you know, whether whether that was considered like really, that was like hard rock sort of, I don't know. But it was soft, you know, sort of soft heart, you know. <laughs> but right. um, you know what I mean. But But, you know, as I said, with regards to the music I like, I have so many different genres and there's so many brilliant indie artists and they're not being... Uh, heard. So taking from some of the things that you know as a promoter from your experience, what are things that some of the indie artists can do, you know, because I have a lot of indie artists that listen to this show. What can they do with regard to getting word well, out? I mean, there? They they,
1: they 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 gotta still marriage the old with the new. Right. You know, the old saying you don't throw the the baby out with the bath water and it right. seems like they threw some of the some of the stuff that we did out because of what I call this social media. Right. nothing wrong with social media, but mm-hmm. social media is not personal. That's why I'm on your show. Right. You came to L.A., you know what I'm saying? Right. We were, we, 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 we both were at, you know, the Independent Entertainment Summit. Right. Remember, the INS company. Right, because right? you got to touch so, people. you got to touch people. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I I looked you in your eyes. You know, we laughed. We then saw we had something in common. Me having a daughter, you know, in Australia. And she sounds like me, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, God, it was spooky. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. That's your daughter? I went, wow. You sound like my daughter's mom. I remember I told you that. Yeah, you said we we were meant to be friends. We laughed about it. You you, did there?
0: You say we're meant to be friends. I know that. That's <laughs> weird, <you know?
1: laughs> right? So, and and and, and the, the, that's one of the things that I right. think that people. I love computers. Don't get me wrong. Remember, I'm from San Francisco originally. Graduated from in high school '79. Went straight to San Jose. You know, in the '80s, that was the start uh-huh. of all this technology we're seeing now. Wow. So I get yeah. it. You know, I got a bunch of fraternity brothers and sorority sisters that you mm. know that are big time millionaires in mm. that game but it's still a personable thing i want to go and actually see an act rip a crowd in half i do i don't i don't know who you know what i'm saying if they say uh uh uh, photoshop your video i don't know if you really (laughs) sing in them lyrics i don't know if he really played like that Right. we can make animals play basketball now so shit what makes me think that Somebody ain't doing something, I don't know, with some trickery nowadays. Exactly. And I think mm-hmm. that's a massive catechism mm-hmm. of something that has been left out mm-hmm. of the equation. And duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I
0: absolutely agree because, you know, though I do love, you know, some of the new music coming out too, you know, when, when a track resonates with your soul, when it res- resonates with a generation, when it resonates so deeply that it affects you, um, you know, there has to be some, it has to be genuine. It, it,
1: it, no, no, I'm going to tell, tell you what it is. It's a synergy. Let me give you some examples, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. For my biggest now as I'm starting to see um, um, things that I did. Let's start with Easy and NWA, down at Donovan Sound. Uh-huh. We met Donovan at the conference too, right? Right. We had uh-huh. fun. We had fun. Some days we were going to the, a lot of that stuff was just uh, uh, right there on the spot. It really was. It was, <laughs> you know, we might be in there, Dre messing around with a beat, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yella doing some skits. A lot of people don't understand thinking that yellow just was there. No, Yella played a big part of that. When mm-hmm. you hear all that running, come on, come on over here, guys. That's yellow. Yellow <laughs> did all that skits type <laughs> stuff. Now, Dre oh. did track. And then, you know, we'll be listening to uh, uh, the beats. You know, we now getting faded and drinking. And, and then somebody will just say something. And then they'll just start playing the, that with the beat. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. Or somebody, you know, like after police came about, when we were all talking about, you know, had um, um, got pulled over earlier that day or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And they wanted uh-huh. him to spit on the curb. And that's what they used to do to us out here in Los Angeles. And you know I didn't dress like a gangbanger, but they would do the same thing to me when they pull you out the car. Want you to sit on the curb, now, I used to tell Them I'm not sitting on shit <laughs> oh, in these no. nice blacks. I'm not sitting on no fucking curb. Oh no! You what happened? So, you no, know, that that's what the police would do. They're only just even writing you a ticket. Want you to get out the car, put your hands out the car, drop the keys. Now get out of the car, back up out the car, not <sighs> sit on the curb. I'm damn. not sitting on shit. Oh, you understand damn. what I'm saying? Right, right. So though we was talking about it? Then all of a sudden, I go back in there one day and they making a song. after the police! Oh and my I'm like, god! Whoa, that is dope. You
2: know, so,
1: and you can, um,
0: I have to say this. Can I just say something, Doug? I was right. a young white middle class Australian girl, and my brother was really into the rap. So I'm like, I'm like this young young girl, and. This his my brothers bought this record home he he bought it home like yeah you know, exquisite lyrics, you can't you know, and it was it was the f the police you know, and I was like, oh, "How can they say this? I was like so shocked, and my parents were like blown away by it, but it was like it even impacted us in Australia. I mean, I was just this like you know I had no idea about what was going you on in some, you
1: had certain people back in the days, <laughs> and I would give them the tape of that their the tape of it right. <laughs> They would be scared to play it in their car. I used to have a big-ass sound system in my Suzuki Samurai. That right. was a cool car for the kids back then. Right. I had a blue one, he had a red one with a white <laughs> top, right? And um, I would try to beat the street up. I didn't give a damn who heard it. Oh, but God. I used to really honestly see people that would be scared to play that that tape. because at the time, we, we was into tapes, remember? Right. Your CD's going to come along a couple of years later. Right, You know what right. I'm saying?
2: Uh-huh,
1: um, uh-huh. And, but I, I gave a damn, because the police in L.A. knew what they were doing, and at that time, everybody in L.A. was selling dope, so oh, that's right. what made dope man, dope man, uh. you know what I'm saying? And wasn't Tipper Gore on your asses?
0: Tipper tip Gore right. was on your, it wasn't Tipper Gore on your asses? Like, Tipper Gore was, like, you know, having a go, and there was something to do with Tipper Gore. What did she do?
1: Yeah, yeah, that that Temple Gore thing, um, you know, which remember they were uh, um, uh, um, uh, Al Gore's wife. Right. uh, You know, they was with that that, that, that parental censorship thing. That's right. You know, um, they started seeing that, you know, you now have a generation of kids, and we were younger, that young then, we were vulgar, we didn't care. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. Because remember, all of these, all, all of them fake ass people were hippies right. in the late '60s and '70s. Right, and, and they were you know, having the sex and free sex and all. everything. Exactly. You're right. Okay, so now, now they they go from hippies and love and peace and everybody's <laughs> share. To the greediest motherfuckers on the planet, the yuppies and the buffies, the black ones—you know what we call them—the buffies—and oh, the white ones the yuppies. Remember that? Oh
2: my and god, I've never heard that the, uh, before. Scandals,
1: that is all, all of the Wall Street scandals. Remember that's when they made the the Wall Street Greedy movie. Greed. Remember what Michael Douglas? Exactly. You, you guys remember the eighties? The eighties was way over the top. It was oh cocaine god. money everywhere.
0: Dynasty was on the Dynasty was on the on the television and everyone was shoulder pads like Crystal Carrington and Yeah, remember was... that Dynasty <laughs> and then you had uh, Notch not landing,
1: then you had Dallas. So you had all of this over the top, you know, and uh that's when Prince Ooh. was really doing his thing and oh my God. it was just and then LA LA during those years was off the hook. Oh. You had the Lakers starting to win you know, the rivalry between bird and magic. Oh. So L.A. was just off the hook. And then the gang-banging the gang explosion just, oh. just it, that made it a wrap.
0: Wow. That's crazy. Man. Oh, I just, I just couldn't stop laughing then just, like, talking about the 80s. That was really crazy. Yeah, there was. There was a lot of greed in the 80s. And, and there was a lot of
1: fakeness because... Yeah, it was super phony. We used to call the fake people plastic in the eighties. But really? everybody was phony in the eighties. They were just phony as a four and a half dollar bill. Mm, 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 but mm. it was it was the eighties. It was plush, you know, I'm hanging out in Beverly Hills. Everyone you know, had the big hair. Easy them the hood.
0: <laughs> but everyone had the big hair, like everyone had the like the huge mm-hmm. hair.
1: Yeah, and Yeah, box had... with the tennis shoes and the Valley Girls was kicking in LA. You know what Damn. I'm saying? Uh, everything. Remember, I love L.A. So I love L.A. Remember oh that one? Um, oh, my God. Wow. I mean, but you got to remember, though, L.A. was off the hook. Now, I'm not going to lie. I had a, a massive amount of fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm I'm sure you did. The 80s was uh, an interesting time, you know? I mean, it, it certainly was an interesting time. I remember the 80s. I, I um. I remember the eighties and I'm, I'm just trying to think of my big, the biggest influences in the eighties for me were probably <laughs> wham.
1: <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, remember George Yosuke, they played music, really music videos.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the
1: eighties, the eighties, you know, uh, um, you know, I graduated from college in 83 mm. and I came straight to, um, to Los Angeles. Wow! And just to how how how, how ironic my career uh, started out here. Um, I, I grew up with a guy named Giorgio. Right. He was a print lookalike. We ended up. Uh, oh, pro- I promoted a record. Me, Lionel, and Jeff again promoted a record called Sex Appeal for him. Right.
2: Right. And right.
1: the record blew up. He ended up getting a seven million dollar seven million dollar deal with Motown. Right. But he ended up not really paying us any money. He gave us all twenty five hundred dollars a piece, and I was pissed off. Oh. So I left and went back to Macola. But let me back the story up a little bit. Uh Because of him, I met uh, the DeBarge family.
0: Oh, okay. Mm
1: -hmm. James DeBarge was dating Janet Jackson at the time before they got married. Uh So I'm in L.A. one week. And guess who house I I go over? Whose? Michael Jackson's house.
0: Oh, damn. At the
1: height of Thriller. (laughs) Wow. So I'm pulling up at the Michael Jackson house on, on, on Havenhurst in holly i mean in encino and you know they let me through the gates all kind of fans out there like three four hundred people just waiting in front of his house and, and and this is in the 80s kind of, oh my god michael this is 1983.
0: jackson 1983
1: i'm here one week i'm in los angeles one week and i'm pulling into michael jackson's driveway like yeah open the gate what's up Nin- 1983 no,
0: anyway. i was in school yes. i was i was a schoolgirl in 1983 and i remember well, I remember we had a holiday house that my pa- we'd always go to at my parents' house, and I, you know, from I think from the age of eight years old, every week I'd listen on Sunday nights to Casey Kasem from Australia. You know, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. totally tuned into what was happening in America. You know, I was a, a mm-hmm. you know little girl in Australia, and every week that Michael Jackson song "Rock with You" would come on. Like,
1: yeah, my I want rock. Yeah, that came out of '79.
0: Was that '79? So 80,
1: yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, rock with you. Yeah, because that was my high school album. Remember, I graduated in 79. Well, I was in elementary the high, school then. At, I was at, in at elementary. school. pinnacle of his career
0: uh-huh.
1: was that Thriller album. Oh, You know wow. that Thriller album.
0: The Thriller album was amazing. You know, it really was. I mean, the whole... Video clip and the story. I mean, it wasn't just a song anymore. It was a whole like almost like a movie.
1: Yeah, a, a movie production. Yeah, you know yeah, was... he wouldn't got he he wouldn't got Michael Landis to 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 produce and direct it. Remember, he wouldn't got the voice of, of of that little scary guy. Right, right. John, you know, oh yeah, he was all great. All. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I mean, so that was a big production and that was a big deal. And Michael Jackson. You know, um, and that that was just that was weird. So that was kind of a prelude, wow. because now I'm, I'm 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 in the click of these all these R&B big time R&B stars. So guess what I decide? Hmm, you guys are bored. I don't want to hang with you guys. I just met a guy named Easy. He told me some shit. I'm gonna go help him promote this stuff called extra rap music. They thought I had lost my mind.
0: Oh yeah. Oh no. But but you know what? You were way ahead of your time at that point. You were way right. ahead of I saw, I,
1: I saw what was coming. I saw that what, the stuff that they're doing, that stuff. And I told them. I told L.D. Barge. I told James D. Barge, Chico. Huh. I told them all. Uh, 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 baby Face. I told them, I said, the stuff that y'all doing, that, 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 we don't want to hear that no more. Don't nobody want to hear them fairy tales. And right. All them love stories and right. every black group now going pop and all of that stuff. I'm telling you, man, and they, they, they didn't believe me. They did and Even at that time, this guy named Lance Davis. And uh, what's his name? Miguel Nunez? All of us used to hang with Jerry Buster, the <laughs> owner of the Lakers. Right. And he had his match in the pick fair, right? And I was supposed to go work for the Lakers, right? Huh? And I even went and told Jerry Buster, that no, I'm not going to work for you. I'm sorry. I, I I I know I told you I would, what but day? I'm going to work for this guy named Easy E.
0: And EZE E at this time, but- when you how did you meet Easy? That's that's interesting. How did you meet EZE
1: well, what happened was Jerry Heller wanted me to attend a meeting with a guy. Right. That he wanted me to promote his stuff. Right. Um, and lo and behold, uh, the day that Jerry actually met Easy was the same day I met him at McCola Records. Right. So I'm on the side of McCola Records, smoking a Newport, and I see some um, I see a, a, a Burgundy Jeep Suzuki Samurai pull up on the opposite side of the street on Santa Monica. McCola Records was located on El Centro in Santa Monica. Santa Monica being the main street, right? Right. And two guys hop out and, and crease the uh, 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 Levi's with a uh, uh, blue and white uh, uh, Converse tennis shoes, short uh, low top Converse tennis shoes on, with two, you know, brand new sweatshirts and Jerry Curls, right?
0: Right. Oh, and, God, know, the Jerry the Curls,
1: guys, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jerry Curls, yeah. They come to drip, they come to drip. <laughs> um, but, um, and, um, so the driver pops out, I look at him, I'm blowing the Newport, you know, and he looking over across the street there, and then another guy come around the car, and that was the Ren. come to find out that was the Ren. and then they walk across the street. I walk back into my office, because I was on the side door, I come through the building and goes into the president of, um, of McCullough's office, Don McMillan and Jerry was in there, uh-huh. and I said, Jerry, I think they're here, and then Jerry said, how do you know, you you, you ask them, um. Uh, I said, nah, you told me what they kind of looked like. He said, well, what did it look like? I said, they looked like two little gangbangers. They looked like two <laughs> Crips, okay, <laughs> two little young Crips. Right. And then he said, yeah, that's them. Right. Um, so then Don, Mc, Don McMillan exits the office, right? Uh-huh. So Easy comes into the office, and um, he started showing us his artwork, the artwork that you guys see on the original uh, uh, uh NWA and the Posse record right. which all of them in the Jerry Curls. Actually they took that in the back of McCola records at the loading dock, right? <laughs> right? With the eight balls, you know, and they all stand around. You got Cube, Jinx. it was it's a bunch of them in that photo, right? right? <clears throat> um showed us the artwork. He gave me a um advanced cassette. with three well, it was four songs on the advanced cassette. Uh-huh. It was dope man, it was gangster gangster. No, it was dope man, it was a boys in the hood. Gangsta Gangsta and Fat Girls. Fat Girls was the only song that didn't do nothing. Wow. Uh, He did that song with another rapper named Rendezvous. Anyway, long story short, um, he um, um, wanted to to play the stuff in front of me. But I knew better than that. What I used to do with artists was I used to say, no, let me listen to it on my own time because I don't want you sitting up here bobbing your head and you want me to be bobbing my head at the same time you bobbing your head. I might think this is garbage.
2: You understand what I'm saying?
1: Right. So the way I usually do something is I go listen to it on my own time. Right. And um uh, so we talked we sat there, we talked, me, him and Jerry, we sat there and talked for hours, right? huh. And then right before um he left, so he said, Well look, um, stuff is coming out next week. Um, give me a call tonight if you wanna do it. Uh he said, Look, here take six thousand dollars. He reached down in the sock and pulls out six thousand dollars cash, <laughs> gave it to me. He said, "If you don't want to do it, just bring me my money back tomorrow. so you can keep two hundred bucks of it, but bring me the rest back." Wow. So I'm so I'm, I'm making all my runs, doing all my other runs. Capitol then my MCA right. and then I usually would go home. That's when I was married, and my daughters was young. Right. And I'm um, I'm leaving the Capitol building, hopping on a, a one one freeway. Uh-huh. Fires up a joint, hops on the freeway, and pops his tape in. Right. And then. Uh, Boys in the hood, all, you know, do, 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 do. I'm like, what? So I'm listening to this <laughs> shit, and I'm not sure if I'm high, because that was just. Cause you were, up you up you up were up smoking up a joy too. Up oh, up damn. Up, you, know, and, you know, I reached back like a pimp and slapped the hoe. You know, I'm like, what? What's going on? I'm I, up, rewinding the tape. Like, what the hell did he just say? And I'm just shocked.
0: But oh! It was, no, I was like, "Whoa! Whoa! Whoa!" And now was I? So now, as soon as I get home, uh-huh.
1: this out. Let me finish it. As soon as I get home, you know, uh, we didn't really have cell phones. If you had them, it was that big old one that looked like a goddamn suitcase. Like, a, like brick. a brick. Remember them cell phones? <laughs> yeah, I had
2: one. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they they weighed about four hundred pounds. It yep. felt like yep. Anyway, as soon as I get on I raced to my phone and said, hey, hell, yeah, I'm going to do this. This stuff is incredible. Oh, I said, who it?" He said, Dr. J. I said, Dr. J., but I thought he's in the wrecking crew. He said, nah, he ain't going to be in the wrecking crew too long. Wow. And I And that's when I first heard that Dre was leaving Lonzo in the wrecking crew. Because at that time, they had a hit out called Turn Off the Lights by Michelle Leigh. Really? That I was promoting.
0: Wow. But he knew. He knew. And then you, you knew. Now... now. With Easy and his unit, when they had this they... this stuff, like, were they doing any live gigs before they ha- or they just went in and produced it? How did that like come about? Okay, like, on no, oh, let
1: me tell you. no now, now, this is what we're about to go back to. You said, how should independent artists today right. still kind of use some of the tactics of old? Oh. Right. What me and Easy started doing was we had. Um, we had this daily routine, because I stay way out in Rancho Cucamonga Fontana, if you understand out here, right? right? And I would start my days, actually, I would drive like 35 more minutes east further than my house, right? Right. To Palm Springs, right? Right. So I would drive to Palm Springs, and then I would just make my way back on the 10 freeway, and once I got to the 215, I would either go to 210 way, or I would go the ten way, or the ninety way, or the sixty way, or four or five. When I would go, want to hang out with the people in Newport Beach. You right. know what I'm saying? I would go do all the beach cities. I would do Newport Beach all the way to Malib- You know, Venice, Huntington. Uh-huh. You know, Hermosa. Uh, I would do all the beach cities. I would, would go hang out with the white boys. You know what I'm saying? Right. Smoke some weed. They would be listening to the stuff. Surfing. We chilling. Yeah, because the
0: surfers are are great for music, you know. They're great for, they like to smoke, and they like music, you know. And, hey, that's the culture. Oh, that
1: was a big, trust me, them them white kids of the beach cities and the Latinos was a big part of NWA and EGE's success in the early years. Wow. Because you had a lot of older black people that couldn't believe (laughs) how vulgar and (laughs) thing they were. <laughs> a, you know what I'm saying?
0: Oh my god, that is so, so funny. Uh huh.
1: So what? What me and Easy would do was, we would call each other in the morning. He would tell me which way he's going. So because we didn't want to uh, run, go over the same track. Right, right. And what Easy would do, Dre, Ren, Yella, and Cube you now would be in his jeep and riding around to the swap Mead school. They would perform the stuff in front of people. They would Damn. perform. Cause remember back then we still had them big old boom boxes where they could put in a track and just freestyle what they were so, doing. So they would so, just
0: basically freestyle with a cassette for for all the school yeah, kids. Yeah, with
1: a big and... old boom box cassette. For Damn. And a lot of people be just gathering around and listening to what they're saying. And, and they just started really building the following. And they would do concerts at that little park there. It's this parking concerts. With a the boombox. They, they do it with a boombox.
0: So they did it with a the boombox. They had mics. They obviously had mics if they got a big
1: crowd. Yeah, all, all of that stuff. Yep, all of that stuff. You know, I mean, Dre was so good at jimmy rigging stuff. He's really? always been just a great technical person. And a lot of people think it was just with the records. Nah, man, that stuff was a whole bunch of work at first. Wow. Wow. You gotta remember the first time we went to New York City, we played the Apollo, they booed NWA off stage.
0: Really? Oh my god, how Yeah. How did how did NWA take it? Were they like upset or what did the, what, what
1: was the didn't reaction? Care. We always knew them New Yorkers at that time wasn't <laughs> killing us like that. But guess what guess what the like they say, your your best the, the revenge is best served cold. Um yeah. we went back there maybe like a year later, right? Right. And it was the biggest group and the biggest act in New York City. Oh. They were selling the hats, bootlegging the hats, the T-shirts. That was the <laughs> biggest bootleg. You saw All you saw all around, all five boroughs, was NWA graffiti and EVE graffiti.
0: Damn. That's
1: crazy.
0: Yeah. And a year before a that A year they... later.
1: Remember, we get booed off the stage, then a year later, you're the biggest act out there.
0: Oh. Damn, that's crazy! Oh my god! But now I I really like this this where you went and you all all the band. It was like everyone was getting with it. Like a lot of artists will be. Oh, I don't want to touch that. I want to get. But doesn't it work better when the when the artists hit the trenches too? When they are on. They have to. uh, You have have a lot of artists these days that don't want to. They
1: they they have to. Uh-huh. Because you got to then start understanding crowds. You got to then start understanding what song will work in what region. Right. You understand right. what I'm saying? Right. You. I mean, there there is certain things that you 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 got to go do by trial and error. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I mean, the New Yorkers taught us really how to to rock shows because the New Yorkers was incredible. Like. You know, uh, remember when uh, Def Jam asked us to come on the tour with them that Def Jam tour? Really? When we got okay. chased off the stage. Remember we got chased off the stage by the police in Detroit? Really? Uh, oh my God! F- God. What song. happened?
0: Yeah. What happened with that? Oh,
1: they told us. They told us after a while. We remember it was all over MTV. We was the biggest, biggest controversial group with the "After Police" song, right? <laughs> so, Detroit mayor,
2: oh my God. even the
1: governor of, of Michigan uh... said we better not do that song. <laughs> Then we go so to you did it. We're at the Joe Louis Arena, right? <laughs> so you know we go through our whole little skit, and we had planned it too. We Ooh. Fuck you, motherfuckers! You show about the CWA, right?
2: Ow. So the last
1: song, <sighs> we um, the we last did song, the, fuck the police. We did the yeah, we did the fucking police show. The last song, and what? So guess what? Ooh. It was about five hundred undercover police <laughs> in the front row. Oh. Eventually, the police rushed the stage, so we just all took off running. You understand what I'm saying? Running through the, we breaking out the back of the thing and just running. That's why you're seeing that that 100 miles and running scene. That shit really happened. We all split up, you know, took off running. This person may have ran that way, this way and that way. We ran that way back to the hotel. We get back to the hotel, there's probably another 300 police waiting on us.
0: Damn. Oh,
1: so, um, oh, that was a big deal back
0: then. Wow. <laughs> that is crazy. So, you know, I just, I just love that everyone, oh, you know, it, it everyone was so passionate about what they yeah. were doing. You know, it, it was like really real. I love that everyone was so involved I mean you're telling me easy who headed up the unit is out there you know pumping the streets with everyone else just as it's hard. every
1: day this was every day every day this every day everybody thinks that easy was this little drug dealer who had some money and had a bunch of lackeys no easy 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 was really the mastermind easy really? had his plan Really? Easy was my favorite boss, period, I ever worked for in the music industry. Really? Easy. Man. Because he had a plan. I mean, you know, at that time, everybody was uh, rapping all around the country trying to sound like the New Yorkers. Right. And what the New Yorkers used to laugh at us about or the people from the East Coast used to laugh about was that we would sound like a bad version of an old something they did maybe five or six or seven years ago. The way the Forty Five King explained it to me, and he's a great friend of mine, and we have always been cool with the Flavor Unit, Uh-huh. still to this minute. You understand? I'm flavor,
0: flavor.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, um, no, the Flavor Unit. The oh, flavor I thought unit you meant is the now Flavor. FIFA running, okay, right? the I see. I
0: don't know all these people, so <laughs> somebody yeah, 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 well, okay.
1: Your hardcore hip hop people know what I'm talking about. Okay, anyway, and I have a lot um, of them
0: listening, so they they will scream. Yeah, exactly.
1: me. <laughs> exactly, they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and Mark and what Mark the 45 king said it made so much sense. Right. Um, you know somebody doing a bad version of something you guys in New York did 5 years ago. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So that that sounds retarded to them. Oh, so yeah. I got that part. And that's what Easy did. Easy said, you know, something we ain't going ring on we ain't going rap like no New Yorkers. We going to sound like people from LA. Right. That Easy made a conscious decision to do that. So what he did was, uh, Q being a rhyme writer, right, Right. he would tell Q what he want to rhyme about. Right. And then Q would go into his incredibly, incredible incredible writing brain, and then, you know, they would do overviews. Because Q was always a very smart person. At that time, he was going to Arizona City College or Arizona State. I'm not sure. Right. He was going to some college out there. So he was, you know, Q... We would see him every now and then but because he, he was in school, too. Right. Um, and he would come up with an incredible rhyme. And then Drake just put the production and the tracks to it. And and it, it turned out, as we now start to see, a masterpiece.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Now, <clears throat> with regards to, you know, all of you guys getting out there, because I, I, I find this so integral to, you know, how successful they were. Um you know and n w a were like uh, they they broke a lot of ground for a lot of people um, everyone was out there when you determined what direction you'd take was it, like you said you'd plan where you were going in the morning did you actually you know plan what places you were hitting and did that ever change or uh, you know, what about if you hit somewhere that wasn't receptive? Would you just move on or would you... Uh, well, can- no, I
1: mean, what, what, what I would do is, look, Look, I, I never foresee nobody, nothing. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. What I would always do was, you know, I would do, like, barbershop areas. I would go to, like, hood houses and then gang bang and flame, That means where... Bunch of Crips might hang up. Or, right. I was, you know, I was like I was cool with the Crips and Bloods and the S.A.s, you know what I'm saying? And the 18th Streets and the Southsiders. Wow. As they would say, Southsiders out here. And the Paisers. Uh-huh. Because they only wanted the music, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I was known at that time either the tape man or the CD man. So right. So I didn't have no, no set tripping problems with anybody with me. they right. see me and I would I would basically be Santa Claus because they knew they were going to get some good-ass, new, fly-ass music for me. For free. Huh. And then I would give them enough where they can make some money mm-hmm,
0: off of it. Mm-hmm, you understand what I'm saying?
1: Right, and right. Me, so they me, would it sell it? It wasn't forced
0: for there, you know. Right. So so now going back to that, they would sell it? Or what would happen with regard to that? Because you said that they would get this music and they would be able to make money from it. Would you give them things to sell? or Because you were giving Whatever this- they want to do with it.
1: Well, I'm really, truly a person in believing in spreading the wealth. But If, 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 if a guy is out there going to let me give away something, on, because you got to remember, the music, rap music almost turns into like the dope game. But you couldn't just go in any of these neighborhoods promoting any music. They wasn't going to let you do it. Right. So if they can make some money off it, go ahead. And guess what? If a person don't like that record, they ain't going to buy it anyway. Exactly. So that's what I got it for free. I ain't tripping uh-huh. it, it's drill, you can't sell it back to the stores because it's a promotional copy. Right, right. You now, know what I'm saying?
0: Right, now, but you were still putting product in their hand, okay? You were still mm-hmm. putting something that was tangible in their exactly. hand. Exactly. And do you think that that's a difference? What, what do you think that, Indy, because you were, your ideas about promotion are so phenomenal
1: what do you well, think? I think i think that is but it, it's unrealistic too now uh-huh i don't know i don't know if we create a machine now because i've been thinking about this right uh-huh i don't know if i get a I, I don't know if i create a van right where i can be in a parking lot for instance right right and then i know that the kids are going to walk this way from school Right. we know everybody and their mother have a cell phone so huh. third thing no <laughs> this is not Eighteen hundred, motherfucker. We we have things called cars. You don't have to use that horse anymore. Right. So I get kids. My daughter's name always clown me with this type of stuff. (laughs) They say, "Dad, I'm not carrying around no CD. It ain't going to
0: happen." Like like Brianna, yeah.
1: Exactly. My daughter's the same way. Yes. Okay. So so certain things. Hey, stop fighting it. So So what about what about CD download cards? Do I get a van? Let me answer that question. Do I have a van? Well, they can then just come and download CDs within their phone for free. Well, yes. I have all the, the jacks that all the little Androids, the iPhone, whatever, a pad, have in it. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. But I do know one thing that you still have to do, and this is where my theory is proven to me right. You still got to go and be personable with right. people. That's right. why I'm talking to you. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And, you know, like I... I saw, you know, and I talk to people all the time, artists, and it's amazing how much, even though they've got all the social media, artists aren't getting a platform. So it's amazing how many people want to talk to me. People are calling me, wanting to come on. And, you know, I really think that when people show themselves, they don't show a fakeness, but they just say what's real. You know, I think that that means a lot to people, mm-hmm. other people. You're able to connect with people. I don't think social media is a bad thing. I think that you can use social media. If you're very, if you're you on social media, social media is just an extension of yourself. It's not bad or good. It's That's a tool. All.
1: And it's, it, and it's a no tool. one ringing that bell and it's nothing wrong with social media. I love it. I it it's, it, it's uh-huh. Yeah, but I, for to me, with the, a lot of the older adults, it's like they didn't took their ass back to high school trying to become the prom queen or the prom king. <laughs> it's like, are you guys for real? <laughs> well, hey. I tweeted, hey, I just took a shit, for real? How many times did you wipe your ass? Yeah, like that's that, that's, a little,
0: that's a little over the top when people, like, you know, talk about their bodily functions. But I think that, you know, to generate interest, if you've got a product, and you are your own brand, so if you are on social media, you've got to be cognizant that you are representing yourself, you are representing a ba- brand. And you also want to be very genuine with your thoughts. Like, I like to put out thoughts. I never like okay. to...
1: Now, let me let me give you an example of somebody that we was at the show with, uh-huh. and I can just think of this out off the top of my head. Remember uh-huh. DT from that group Swirl? Something like I think it was called Swirl. Right, He right. was a black guy, but with with that heavy gothic, uh, heavy metal sound. Right, right, I right. to his stuff because first of all, he was a cool dude. Right. And I just thought, damn, he got this brother look like. He could be a rapper, <laughs> but, he's a ghost. And, but he, he looked like he just walked out of a goddamn Steven King <laughs> flick. You understand what I'm saying? He was different. And, you know, me uh, and him reach out and talk to each other and he asked me things. And you know, I, I see that he's really trying to get his hustle on right. now, since I see that he's trying to really truly get his hustle on right. and I saw him there, like I told a uh, 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 DT uh, uh-huh. uh, from that group's world, I'm going to fuck with you then. <laughs> if I, if, 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 like now let's just say if I'm flipping through YouTube right right, and I might see something I like am I gonna really go out of my way to try to locate that person unless that's a super bad something right. no exactly I'll look at the i'll I'll look at it a couple of times on YouTube you know I hear people tell me they got uh, five hundred thousand hits on YouTube, yeah but they ain't got five hundred thousand pennies in their pocket they then out of the same breath ask me for some money for their cell phone before they cell phone get turned off or something Damn. so I, I don't i don't get i don't i mean if the people i mean all of this free shit as, as the new artists are starting to see don't nothing in america uh works on somebody getting something for free are you serious this is right. capitalism right okay right nothing if you get nothing people in life free
0: yeah okay. but what but what uh, are the them is getting paid for
1: that now, mm-hmm.
0: oh, yeah, right know people getting paid, but you have to do a whole lot like you have to do a million hits to get so much money, you know whatever it's a lot of hits you got to get to make money but 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 one thing about you know uh you know all of these all of these are uh, things that that you're talking about it's about it's about really being yourself and being different not copying and being also, you know, not relying on yourself like taking yourself seriously and seeing yourself as a brand you're a brand it might not be about the the unit sales anymore it might be about the endorsements you know those giving they're giving away of cds and this is what i find hard i go through this with uh, a lot of old school musicians too they're like very reticent about giving music away because they were used to the unit sales so oh i can't give away the units but they don't understand that it's about the brand have
1: to. I mean, because yeah. to, to all degrees, we even with the promotion stuff, we uh-huh. gave away free promotional copies. Right. We gave that stuff away. Right. I mean, the record, like I used to tell people, is nothing, um, uh, uh, or a CD is nothing but a coaster until somebody really listened to it. Exactly. I mean, you know how many how many CDs that I get from people that until I really see them out there getting off their asses and starting to make some noise, and right. I constantly see them pop up. That shit is a coaster in my house somewhere. Exactly. I've you got, like, so I'm many saying?
0: coasters. I've, I, I was actually talking to an artist today, and they said, have you got my CD? And I said, yeah. I said, honestly, I said, I probably will not listen to the CDs, but I liked him as a person. I said, send me the MP3. I said, because I will more likely listen to the MP3 if you send it to me. There's less hassle. I don't have to stick it in anything. I can just, you know, bang, Thank listen. Thank
1: you. you. You see what I'm saying? Why, why that that's that. that, that, that that hand-on-hand combat right. with the CDs and tapes and all, right. that, that that that's over with, people. So everybody get over that right. for my generation. Right. Stop it. Get over that. <laughs> and that's what I'm telling you. I don't know how I do it, but the problem, again, too, with social media, there are no gatekeepers people in social media right. who's saying that, no, motherfucker, you need to go get a job. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. Or you need to go do something else in entertainment. I'm not saying you can't be in entertainment. But no motherfucker, well, you, you can't right? no, no, stop. Because what's <laughs> happening is you get a flood of them type of people that's in the way of really good artists. Exactly. And then by the mm-hmm. time that really good artist, you know, start getting a little light, he's now getting frustrated and then he's probably got his girl or his her guy or their parents tired of paying for him, right? Right. And then people tell him things you need to go get a real job. Exactly. Because these bills ain't get paid when I'm about to go do a show and then I got to the show and I didn't make the money at the show. You, right. know what I'm saying? Right. So you got all these people in social media that are standing around, you got a couple of groupie friends around them telling them that they're good, right. that they're not. And let me, let me hold on. Let me tell everybody mm. something about myself. I used to rap, y'all, believe it or not. You can wow. go on YouTube <laughs> and it's Dougie Doug and Masterize. Really? I I'm going to look this rapper. up That Doug. Yes. What did uh-huh. you say? I was a whack-ass rapper. Dougie so Doug? So guess at- what? Dougie, Doug. I still love rap, so Doug, what should you do? Well, goddamn, you got a mouthpiece on you. <sighs> Won't you go promote some of the records that you like? Damn, exactly, okay, Doug. I'll do that. That's exactly. That's what Doug told Doug. Exactly. You know what I'm there? Exactly. So, and I'm I... just not talking shit. So you can go check my track records. Dougie Doug and Master Ryan. The name of the songs is Camelot, and um. Uh, well, Camelot and, uh, uh, I forget the name of the
0: Damn, other. Damn, I have got to check that out. But oh, no no, 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 it's
1: Camelot and On Time. I'm sorry, really? On Time. Really? Oh, my Dougie God. Dougie Doug, go. Oh, you pull up YouTube right now. Dougie <laughs> Doug I'm and going to, Ryan, I'm going to, I'm going to it right now. Hold it, hold it, I'm
0: going to it oh, right Matt, now. Oh, oh, oh Young
1: Raw Race, called Young Raw Records, hold Dougie it. Doug and Matt Terrine, 1986. YouTube,
0: so it's YouTube, and then I'm looking for Dougie Doug, so it's Doug.
1: Yeah, Dougie Doug. How do I spell that? Like
0: Dougie, D-O-U-G-I-E, or D-O-G? No, D-O-U-G-I-E,
1: Dougie Doug, D-O-U-G, Dougie Doug, and Master Rhyme.
0: And Master Rhyme. Yeah. Master.
1: Yeah, Master. Yeah, right. And is it two words? Okay, R-Y-N, right. Master Rhyme. 1986 on Young Raw Records. Hold it.
0: Oh, Dougie Doug and Master Rhyme. Here we go. Oh, my God. Let's. Oh, God. Let me see. Hold it. DJ. Oh, my God. I'm just. Master Rhyme wrote all the rides.
1: Here we go. Hold it. College fraternity, brother. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, and, uh, I'm looking at it right now. We both sigma. We both sigma.
0: Hold it. Hold it. I'm just having a quick bit. Hold it. Can you hear oh, it? Oh, God. Oh. Okay. You haven't started yet, yeah, though. Hold it. Not- it. Huh? Oh! <laughs> oh! Well, that? but you know what? You know what? I totally understand i don't think you were that bad you
1: know you just you know well no when i started understanding the principles of rap i was bad because i wasn't writing my rhymes oh really if you don't write your rhymes and rap no in hip-hop when i really started understanding hip-hop right. that's a sin right. that's a hip-hop sin
0: right right who was writing your rhymes so- then
1: Master Rhyme wrote all the rhymes. Oh, really? Wow! And if you listen to it, that's who Easy Nim is. dissing. remember what Easy say: Master Rhyme is a toy. How you gonna diss me and you don't even know me? Easy, let me set that up because I was trying to get my group out there. It was really no between them. That was me and Easy. It's really good friends. There <laughs> you go. Master Rhyme is a toy. And then when they talk shit about us too, they go, "Uh, uh, 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 uh Dre and uh, Red have a record called What? A- you say, um." It, it's a wicky-wack record from a wacky-wack crew, because I, I, our crew had a record out called Cracker Jacks, right? Damn, uh, Cracker Jacks! <laughs> let me tell you some stories of what we was plotting, <laughs> being easy to show you how cool friends we were. Because anybody, think about it, at that time, that would have went up against NWA, people would have been like, "Who is these guys, right? That's right. what my thinking was. Oh my but God. these guys, Master Ryan and Romeo were such assholes, that they didn't even see the lob I was giving them in basketball. All you got to do is it, fool. Wow. But they got greedy. They got greedy. And then a bunch of other stuff. But Easy set it all up for me. You wow. know what I'm saying? They started calling us to do shows in London and Copenhagen and all over the world. They was like, hey, everybody wanted to know who are these guys talking shit to NWA from L.A. Wow. But them fucking idiots. Them idiots, um... Didn't, didn't see what I was trying to do for him, you know, because then I just became the manager and the promoter. But Easy set it up for me. Easy said, uh, Master Rhyme is a toy. How you going to diss me and you don't even know me? You know understand? Uh-huh. He, he said, I ain't with all that plan." And remember, Quick redid the song. Then they do a what do you call a crew that can rock like that. And Dre and Red say, we call them <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> whack.
0: <laughs> Damn! Oh, my God. But, you know, yes, going back. That right Oh, damn. I love that. I don't think you were that bad. But you know what? You got to do something that you really wanted to do. It was something you wanted to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But No, it was
2: because I was passionate about it.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I totally understand that, too, because, you know, I don't know. I, I came over to L.A., and I didn't really tell people I sang, because I sing, too. I didn't tell people I mm-hmm. sing. I tell people that I have a show and that I have a 14-year-old mm-hmm. daughter, because I thought mm-hmm. the minute that they see that I'm not in my 20s, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm a good, I'm, not a Girl, bad... You
1: can't worry about that yeah, stuff. I mean, you but... got people in their twenties. Them twenty. I'm sorry, you're twenty years old, but y'all are sorry <laughs> and lazy. You yeah, want everybody to do something. For you. Everything to me is still your hustle.
0: Exactly, you it is hustles. my hustle. You can, you
1: can, you can, you, you can, you can, mm-hmm. you can run circles around other people. It, it's hustle. it's, my, it's hustle.
0: my hustle. It's my hustle. But I really, I love singing. But I will. I really believe in. Um, I believe in what I'm doing with the show. I believe that the, mm-hmm. I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in the marketability. I I want to sing. I believe my money's going to be in the show. I believe that. But in the meantime, I've worked corporate America for a, for 10 years, you know, building up mm-hmm. a big 401k, you know, big 401k, you know, backup, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in a good position, you know. um so I, I've been very fortunate, you know. I've been I've been able to build things because I had to. I had a child. When you have a child, I think that that's the thing. When you have children, you've got to be accountable, you know. And and yeah, so yeah,
1: because it, it's not it's just not just about you anymore. Yeah.
0: So so you know? so I've had to put the hustle on, and I've gone and my differentiator is going to be, uh, you know, it's already I'm an MBA, you know, and I'm an MBA <laughs> doing this, and then you know, I like to sing, and I'm going to do some things with singing, but I don't expect. If that takes off, that would be a bonus. I'm not – my expectation from that, I'm not relying on it. I still want to do it, but that's not what I will push out there. I'm going to push the show because I have something that's special, you know, and and I mm-hmm. I, I understand that. I'm tapping into that. I'm able to talk to people. My personality, I come from a country where I don't have – I don't carry the things that people in America carry, you know. And I don't know if you you see that or, you know, you must because you opened up to me right away when we met, you know. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people around me, you know, they'll say to me, yeah, you don't come with the same... Preconceived notions that say people from this white people from this country do. You're completely like a blank slate. You don't have these preconceived notions, um, you know, mm-hmm. because I wasn't brought up with with that in my, you know, where I where I grew up. So mm-hmm. I've, so I've been able to. Uh, you know i think i 'm accepted by a lot more people because of that because of the i 'm not from here you know because i 'm not from mm-hmm. here so mm-hmm. i don't i don 't carry the baggage and that 's a good thing, especially when you right. want to appeal to other people you know uh, mm-hmm. you know i i 'm not the regular person and and i think you know i've i 've done it hard i've i 've done it hard, and i also i have a black daughter. You know, I have mm-hmm. a black husband. You know, I've, 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 uh, you know, not done the traditional things that a lot of people have. You know, a lot of the white women have done in this country. I haven't had those preconceived ideas, so that's what's allowed me to do what I do. You know, and well, and that,
1: that that made your that made your mind be more open. Right. See, once 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 you're closed minded right? Then you know, all bets are off. To right. be honest with you, right. I mean, because. People are gonna be the way they are, you know. You got black people just as prejudiced exactly. as white people. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, people. Um, you know, that ain't just. Um, uh, everybody was beating up on that 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 lady from the south. I remember that. And 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 the reason why I tell you that was wrong is because uh, everybody from the south doing her turn. And time and that called people us right. so Are you for real? So what? So uh, no, like no, no, no. I,
0: I will never. I have to contend that I will never use that word. Never. I will
1: agree with you, but to me, that it's, it's a lot of time being wasted on that word. We got too many Negroes out here that ain't taking care of business. And right. What I mean by that is the young black man. To me, right. uh, I don't want to veer too far off to political things like that because I got a lot to say about our young black men. Hmm. Right. Wow. Um, they yes. Just ain't working. They ain't. They need to get it together. Right. I'm sorry. I don't see no more hustling All I see. All I see is game. All I see is hustle. Right. And all the you know that y'all teeth is too white. The jeans are too tight. Right. Uh. And everybody's too thirsty out there. Sorry. Um. <laughs> but getting back. Uh, getting back to um, the music and, and that. Right. To me, the, the the to me life is this. Right. Uh-huh. some A, a guy. At uh, IBM, when I was working in college, you know, and at the loading um the shipping and receiving department there. Right. Said something that made a lot of sense and it stuck with me to this day. He said, life is this, Doug. If you just so happen to find something that you will do for free, right? And that right. was music. Right. But you just so happen to get paid for it, you should have a wonderful life. Right, right, right. And, and d- that's what happened. Exactly. Music was something that when I very first started doing it, I did it for free, basically. Right. I just wanted to be able to say I broke that record, I'm the one made that record happen. Exactly. With, you know, with them. Right. yeah, that's all I wanted to be able to say. And right. then after a while, remember I started getting paid for this. Stuff. <laughs> so so wow. that was like wow. And wow. I would have never, ever thought I would have ended up in the music business right. when I left college. Wow. Ever.
0: Now what was your major in college?
1: Business and marketing.
0: So why not? I, I mean a that's a major perfect and a marketing minor. That's a perfect marriage: business, marketing, and music. I mean, that is the perfect marriage. I mean, how many artists these days? Music is a business. You got to love it, but it's a business. And if you music
1: business, yes, music, music. (laughs) <laughs> it's The music business, okay? exactly. It's the music, music. It's the music, and then my mind is always thinking of new stuff. I'm gonna tell you something else, and uh-huh. my my business partner I tell you this. I thought of that Red Box idea years before that came Damn. out. I say, with all of this DVD stuff, remember that the blockbusters? I say, uh-huh. you know what they could do? Because there's so many Seven Elevens. I remember uh-huh. telling him this one day. You could put. Uh, one of them machines, because you don't need all that packaging. I told you, you don't need all that packaging that come with them CDs. When you don't need to break all that stuff down, remember they used to come in them long boxes? What, one of little tiny ass CDs. Remember It's one of them little tiny ass CDs. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You can build the box. Alright? <laughs> you have all of the movies and music in, uh-huh. right? And uh-huh. then people just come with their credit card, or like when that's when like, they had at the watch houses anyway, or you can put $5 in a machine, right? Uh huh. Or just put the money in the machine and push the thing. And you can get that in front of the 7 left You have to have all them stores. I've told them this, right? Damn. Years later, Redbox come out.
0: Redbox. Oh, damn. Yes. Man, some of the ideas. So I always,
1: even even to this minute, I got some things up my sleeve I ain't even told no people that I know going to work. Good. You know what I'm saying? I'm always thinking, hmm. You know, man, I totally believe to it, that? too. I totally
0: believe Okay, and I'm going to tell, mm. tell you another story. Absolutely.
1: I'm going to tell you another story. So, so, during that Redbox time, I took an idea to Magic Johnson Theaters, right? And I said, you know oh. something, man, we could sell CDs and music in these theaters. And uh-huh. at that time, he was he was doing a deal with Starbucks too, right? To open up his own Starbucks out here in Los Angeles. Damn. The president of his company was Ken Lumbar. I took a, the business plan, the proposal there to him. I said, uh-huh. look, man, foot traffic. It's what foot traffic is. I told him.
2: The mm-hmm,
1: record mm-hmm. store necessarily got to be the one to sell the record, or a DVD store necessarily got to be the one to sell the records. I'm telling Kent right. Lombard this, who was the president of Magic Johnson Enterprises at wow. that time. I said, "Man, check this out. Let us set up a kiosk at the movie stores and at the Starbucks." Uh him, I think a woman named Kimberly Willis who was in charge of Magic Johnson Enterprises out of Atlanta. Right. Uh huh. Green-lighted everything. Then all of a sudden they started dragging their feet, dragging their feet. Guess what happened?
0: What happened?
1: Ken Lombard then took the ideal himself oh. to Starbucks and put out the music through Starbucks. But just to show you how karma works, that was my ideal. He didn't understand what the hell it was he was doing right, with it, right? Right. So he tried to put out a bunch of jazz stuff and stuff like that. It was, remember for a minute you saw music in Starbucks, remember that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the Starbucks music. All of
1: that stuff got pulled out of Starbucks. Wow. Get Lombard. Sold my idea. Took it to Starbucks, but they gave him a lot of money up front to do that,
0: though. Wow. But you, you know Isn't what? crazy? I absolutely believe in karma. You know, you don't have to worry about people who do you wrong. Learn your lesson and don't let them do it again to you. But don't worry about them. Let it go. Leave them go oh, because exactly,
1: karma will get it. Exactly. Those are called universal laws. Right? Yeah,
0: I know. I've seen it all the time. I've had people burn me, and you know what? I don't even worry about them. I leave them in the dust. I leave them in the dust because Mm -hmm. you know what happens in the end? They're the ones... That end up, you know, you like years later. I'll find that I've moved on and moved up, and you know, a lot of things are uh, moving forward for me. And their that's not do, working for them, you know. I've got like a right. world of opportunity, and their world is very small.
1: You know? So, right. and so, then I mean, you, you you can't really sit around wasting a whole bunch of time on being mad at. no you, you can't. can't. It's
0: bad energy, negative energy. You can't it, be right. negative. It's
1: negative energy. It's a waste of time. And then, uh-huh. like, I'm like Kara, once. I mean, I'm like, uh, um, who said this? I forget. There'll be another rough. Oh, no. Rakim said it. Uh-huh. There'll be another rough ideal in my head after this one, and after this one. And that said in rap, uh, Rakim said, there'll be another rough rhyme after this one. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So, in other words, in, in my mind, I'll have another cold ideal after this one, and after this one, because this is something I just do off the top of my brain. It's exactly. It's like, that's where I am an artist. I am an artist when it comes to that marketing shit. It, I do
0: exactly, exactly, and I think I am so glad I am connected with you. I am like, I, you know, I am just excited about being friends with you because, you know, everything you say just blows my mind. I love it. You know, I'm I'm so happy that we're friends.
1: have <laughs> really you? Well, it, it, it comes it comes from it comes from a part of. Of experience, and then I, I believe there are no such coincidences. I mean, when I first right. heard that voice, you I said, Oh my god, <laughs> I like my daughter.
2: <laughs> I yeah, yeah.
1: I said, Remember, I asked you, What part of Australia are you from? Yeah. I said, How do you know I'm from Australia? I said, Because I have a daughter. Yeah, yeah you said like my you daughter. You <laughs> like, Okay, you have a daughter, though? No? Okay, what is she doing I Australia? I said, She lives in Australia. Remember I said? Yeah, 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 she yeah. Said, yeah. Uh, what, is she, what is she out there on holiday? I said, No, that's what she's got. You know, dual citizenship. Remember exactly. We, talking we were talking stuff?
0: about the dual citizenship.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: where, you know. Oh, man. I, uh, to go,
1: yes. say, <laughs> so, I was going You know when you would go, you're a daughter. Yes. you would say that oh No, I was going oh God, it now sound like being Michelle Org about something. Well, oh, <laughs> your daughter dang. needs your daughter.
0: That's right. That's right. And I'm sure I'm I'm sure she's just uh, you know absolutely uh, you know a classic. You are you you are someone you know Karma, and so I'm sure you're close to all your kids. You keep in contact with all oh, of yeah. them. You better and take care of your kids. Exactly. And nothing good comes to you. Exactly, because and as you were saying, a lot of guys these days that you hear about, they run from their responsibility. They don't look after the, you know, they don't.
1: I, you know, I understand sure they trifling. They like big ass kids themselves, exactly, Still running around smoking uh-huh. weed all day. I mean, I smoke weed. I got weed shops. But come on, not all these guys. Playing <laughs> exactly. video games, coming up with excuses, don't want to go to work. Oh, no. Living off some woman. Are you guys for real? There's a lot of guys You're that do that, too. Fan-up. There's a lot you of guys that
0: live off women. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. I mean, really? I it's... mean, why don't you put on the skirt and let her put on the pants as if she bring it home? My, for real? Oh, you know I mean, I mean, but anyway... I can go on and on about that one too. So let's leave that one alone yeah. right now. I mean, it just certain things ain't my time no more. Guys will say I'm player hating. You know I'm drugs. No, you know no, saying. you're, no, you're absolutely
0: telling the truth. I mean,
1: no, get it together, guys. No, because you ain't taking care of them kids, and just trust me, ain't nothing good gonna come no, to you. No, it's you the karma. Your kids. You're karma. A real person, real
0: karma. Karma gets you, and that's a big one. Karma. Karma. Really, you know, you that's a big I one. I call
1: it universal law. Oh it's yeah. Universal law. Don't care how rich you are. You. Wow. That's call universal law.
0: Oh my God! You know, I I have to say, Doug, I I'm I'm really uh, just blown away by this interview. It's like so great. I've just enjoyed. I know all my listeners. They're like commenting. They are absolutely
1: loving you. You know? I, hey, what's up, y'all? I'm loving y'all, but I don't know who y'all are. Uh, yeah, you don't know who they hey. are, but
0: you know. But I I tell you, they're
1: but absolutely. She's listening loving because she's gonna have a big show. Because I'm gonna turn her on to whoever I can out here in LA, and I. And touch any and everybody in LA. Yes, because you know, I'm just a down there person. I I I've been doing this for years. I know uh, everybody in LA. Mm, 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 from mm. from people in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. like I told you, I live in the Hollywood Hills to the Beach Cities to the Hood. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I still go hang out in the Hood. Oh Nobody yeah, bodyguards, none of that stuff. I run oh, my skinny yeah. butt around. And I mean, because <laughs> I'm, I'm just that person. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying? But,
2: but now you might want
1: to blood neighborhoods. Right. I hang out with eighteenth Street and M S thirteen and huh. you know what I'm saying? I hang out with the Asians and I hang out with I I, I just I'm everybody.
0: Wow. You you are the man, Doug. I'm um, you know, I'm just um I'm going to learn so much from you. I'm so glad that I'm connected with you and I know I am set to learn a whole lot. You know, I'm just like you know, I'm an open book <laughs> You know, and I, I just, you know, I, I welcome energy and people like you into my life. I, I love it, you know. And I've got people, yes, they're saying uh, loving this interview. So, Deanna, she's like one of my big supporters of the show. She's from West Virginia. You, um, She's like listening right now. Oh, that's where
1: my, my kids are. Oh, no, my, she's uh, from Kentucky, hey, actually. I She's going to kill me. <laughs> no young. Tell her tell no young in West Virginia, hey. <laughs> got, she's got, actually, got actually in and Kentucky. I was
2: calling
1: my wife still, though. She's <laughs> saying, hey, and my daughter Erica's out there. Nicole moved to um, Nicole moved to uh, North Carolina, but my, right. my daughter Erica
0: Young is out there. And my granddaughter. Erica Young. Oh, wow. So,
1: but yeah, you know so, what? So I get a I got a <laughs> in West Virginia. That's where Oh, my really? Is.
0: Whereabouts in West Virginia? Uh, South
1: Charleston.
0: South Charleston because we have several friends. In actual fact, one of the guys, he's a young guy, he's an R&B guy, really great heart and he's supported me on this show. He does a he does a segment on my show called Cubs Corner. He's, he's like a young 23-year-old hot guy. Looks, you know, hot, hot, hot and really beautiful soul. And he's from Huntington. Is it Huntington, West Virginia? I think it's Huntington. Is that right? Yeah. And, um, that you know, I know a few people down there that are connected with this show, you know. And mm-hmm. I wonder if yeah, that's... Well,
1: my, 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 my people is from South Charles.
0: South Charleston. South Charleston,
1: West Virginia.
0: Wow. That's awesome. How old's your daughter that lives
1: there? Um, Erica is about to be 28.
0: Wow. Wow. I can't believe you got a 28 year old. Look at you. <laughs> and you look only 35 yourself. How's that? <laughs> I
1: am 52 years old. Wow. No. And 52. Then I, have, I have a. Then Nicole is, is uh, about to be 20. Five in two weeks on wow. September
0: the 9th. and that's your daughter what? in Australia. Yeah.
1: No, no, September is the 9th. Yeah, no, September the ninth. Wow. Yeah. And then my daughter from Australia—they all three years apart. And, and uh, Tamika is about to be twenty-two.
0: That's she awesome. Just that's that's awesome. I just I just love it. Now before. I, I know that, you know, I, I've got other people but I I love talking to you. I want to ask you a couple of things. I was watching the YouTube clips of you and I know people have probably asked. I was watching about you were being interviewed and you were talking about Dre knocked your teeth or Dre's
1: bodyguard or Dre knocked your teeth out. how did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> well the night he beat up D bars. It was that a uh, was at a party? Def Jam was given a party right. for No Face and, um, uh, I forget. They had some other groups. Uh-huh. Uh Def Jam was given. Phyllis Polish, the publicist, um, through the party. Uh, uh-huh. A few the publicist for Def Jam. Uh huh. Um, and D Barnes had a show out in America. I'm not sure. How many places around the states had picked it up? Called Pump It Up, if people remember back in the nineties. Right, and it this is DeBarge. So they came on Fox, right?
0: And you said this is DeBarge? Uh,
1: huh? This was DeBarge, you said? No, D. Barnes. D. Barnes,
0: who's D? I don't know D. D Barnes. Barnes.
1: Okay, D. Barnes was a, a host like you, but for an actual show called Pump It Up, which was a hip hop show.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: okay. Okay. And um. And then um, this was during when Ice Cube left the group, left right. NWA, right? Right. So, anyway, Dr. Dre Nim, I mean, easy them, went on her show, Pump It Up. You guys can go into Fox, because it was on Fox television, all right? Right. Um, to the archives and pull up, Pump It Up. They got some of them old shows, I'm quite sure, on YouTube somewhere. Um, and uh, they was doing, the, the whole program was supposed to be for NWA, right? Right. Oh, a hundred miles and running CD. Right. So, and I remember at I, I remember watching this show, right? So I'm watching the show, and then I was just about to get up from the show as I'm watching it, right, that, right. that night, because it came on on Sunday nights. It was it was a show that everybody watched after. In Living Colors went off. So when In Living Colors went off, everybody. Watch Pump It Up. Right. It came on right after In Living Colors, okay? Uh-huh, so that's uh-huh. setting it up for you to show how big it was in America at that time. Damn. Right? Uh-huh. So I'm watching the show and I'm thinking the show is over, right? And I'm, I'm I'm just about to hop up and go grab me something out the kitchen. Then all of a sudden, I see Ice Cube pop on the show. Huh? Right? Right. Yeah, Ice Cube pops on the show, right? This is when Ice Cube and NWA was shooting, right? <laughs> oh, and Ice Cube was able to say a verse on the show that went, and when I catch you, punk, I'm gonna have you a hundred miles in running. Ugh. You understand? What I'm saying he ice you did a freestyle. He was dissing. He said, when, and when I see you, suckers, again, something, something like that, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you a hundred miles in running. Now, the speed ahead to the night of my teeth getting knocked out by Dre's bodyguard. A oh, damn! I'm up there talking to D. Barnes. She's a pretty black girl, right? Right. A real atrocentric looking girl with the. You know, of those 90s afros. She's a real beautiful girl, right? Right. So I'm spitting at her, you know, with free drinks at the motherfucking place all night. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, right, and then right. it was an open bar. You know, this is Def Jam. <laughs> this is when Def Jam was <laughs> top of the pile in music, right? Right, so i okay. there with Leor and Russell Simmons uh-huh. and, and then uh, Ed Lover and Dre was there from your MTV Raps, everybody in the house. Def, Jeff, um, uh, Digital Underground in the house. Right. Tone Low am kicking with Tone Low. DOC's in the house. Right. You know, this is before the accident. Uh huh. Um, just everybody's in the house. Dang. All the East Coast, West Coast. That's what they was all love with everybody, right? So me and D Barnes, and you know, I'm trying to talk to her. I'm like, I'm being a guy now. And, yeah, so what you doing? That's the show, girl. Wood, <laughs> what? Wood, what? Girl, what you do? You know, I'm talking like that. Right, story, right? right, 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 right. All of a sudden, Dre, DOC, and the bodyguard walked up. And then um, Dre was going to produce a girl. For me, named Rock and Rod, the baddest female rapper to me in the world that never came out. Really? So, yeah, this girl was bad from L.A. Wow. Oh my God, I love my team. Wow. I love MC Light. But she was badder than anybody you ever heard. And wow. Everybody in LA wanted this girl, but she was she 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 was rolling with me, right? right. So Dre was gonna produce seven tracks on the record for me. Then uh-huh. Easy Easy gave me the go ahead. Jerry Ellis said, Yeah, it's cool. I see Dre that night. He said, Yeah, Doug, I love rock and rock. Man, I wish we could have signed it. You. you should give her to us, Doug. You know, me and Dre just talking, right? Right. So then, you know, D is still in, leaning up against the leaning up against the wall, right? And then He looked over there at her, and he said something. I didn't really hear what he said, but later it comes to find out. He said, that was fucked up what you did on your show, bitch. Right? And he just dope fiend her. Bam! She felt like a sack of potatoes, right? And I look, and you mind you, I'm drunk as fuck at that time, (laughs) but all of a sudden, all the drunk came out of my ass. (laughs) The drunk just came down. I went, what? Oh, my God. So then...
0: So he, he so hit everybody- her. So how did he hit her no, in the no, face? No,
1: no, 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 no. He beat that doodle dog shit out of her. That, that was one part. But how right? did how so did he attack he- her? He, she
0: was standing against the fridge, leaning back, and he just like he was talking to you, and then no, all of after, was- after
1: You know, after I gave him a pound in a hug, I gave Dre a pound in a hug, I gave DLC a pound in a hug. I got right. the bodyguard hand, and I thought they was gonna be on about their way. So as they crossing over me, Dre said something to her, right? Right. And um, but it's crowded and it's loud in the club, right? Right. And I thought they were just talking because she's a big time host. Everybody's on her jock. Everybody trying to get with D and wants right. to be on the show, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, like I told you, he just shocked her, and she failed. And then he started beating her and kicking her and stuffing her and beating Damn. her. And I'm drunk, right? And then the drink just come down. I mean, I'm no longer drunk. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, saying? what the fuck is the-? So then I jump in the motherfucking fight trying to get Dre off of her. So the bodyguard grabs me, throw my little skinny ass back, right? Oh. So then he just mangling her. I mean, this is a woman. And then he's drunk, so I know he don't realize how bad he's beating this girl up, oh, right? Oh, my God. So, um... So then um I dived underneath the bodyguard's legs, right? <laughs> and then the bodyguard <laughs> hits me in the back of the head with a with his gun. And uh, then Drake said, Nah, don't do that, that's Doug, man, that's Doug. And as he says, that's Doug, he hits me with the butt of his gun and man I almost swallowed two of the teeth on the uh, side of my mouth. Uh, Bam. I just, I just feel him coming out and you just I had a mouthful of blood and I spit spit it out of my arm, I mean in my hand, and I just had a glue glob of blood in my hand, right? Oh yeah. And I went, God damn. So, um, so at, at, after that, um, I get I back into the fight with her and I just covered her up and then they started punching me in the back and kicking me, but I just covered her up and covered my neck and, you know, uh. like a fetal position and they would just hit me all in the back and in the ass bottom and, you know, my waist area just uh. punching, fucking me, right? Because everybody's pissy, sloppy, drunk. This was an open bar tonight. <laughs> everybody drunk in the club, right? Right. <laughs> well, so, I... anyway, anyway, um... So then finally they leave right. um, and then I take her in the bathroom. And they mangled her, man. She was all bloodied up and beat up and I was beat up and fucked oh. up. And, oh. and, uh, and so we in there wiping ourselves up and, and, uh, snot was coming out her nose and she just kept, i never forget it. She just kept, well, I can't believe that motherfucker embarrassed me in front of all the people. I can't believe that motherfucker embarrassed me in front of all the people. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so <laughs> me so she was people. worried about and, being I embarrassed.
0: Said, she was worried about I'm, being embarrassed.
1: Yeah, in front of all the people. I'm like, what? Are you okay? I'm, I'm asking, are you alright? Fuck <laughs> that. I mean, Sue was motherfucking ass. Sue is ruthless. I told her, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. But I can't believe that motherfucker did that. So I'm cleaning her up, and then all them little other scary motherfuckers that didn't help us came in there and started cleaning her up and asking <sighs> me, was I okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. And um, Damn. I put the uh, teeth in uh, a bag real quick. I knew to go get some ice for them real quick. Try to see if I could get put back in, but it was too late. They said one of them had messed up at the bottom, and suddenly right. they said, "Right, uh, right." And um, um, anyway, long story short, she sued that mother. She sued ruthless motherfucking ass and uh, got two hundred, some thousand dollars. I remember Farhad was her attorney. Wow. Farhad Nopian was her attorney, but I think they settled for like a hundred thousand. Uh And you know what the ironic thing about that is? She ended up marrying later on Snoop Dogg
0: cousin
1: oh my god did she yep, yep. wow he married her cousin.
0: and now is she still yeah. in the game is she still in the business or she got you know,
1: out of it? stuff about what happened to her that 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 she never i'd never seen her on the social scene i would see her every now and then like on movie sets because her, her husband you know he was he at one time he came he became a pretty big video and commercial director out here right right
0: right, right.
1: yeah excuse me and um so I would see her on sets because I had artists, and I did my uh, second wife that was from Denmark. She became pretty big out here really quick. Beautiful model girl.
0: Right. Um, okay. Antonia.
1: Antonia. Um, and I would she you know she did some work with him, and I would see her. And me and her would talk. We matter of fact, when the first one I seen her on, it was a beer commercial, and me and her kind of um, made up because I did some weasel shit to her too. Um, at first I was supposed to testify for her, right. Right. So, what happened was um. You know, Dre left N.W.A. and started this company called Death Row, and I was rolling with Dre. Right. So all of a sudden, I stopped showing up to court. Huh. So that's when they settled. You know what I'm saying? She wow. said she was mad at me for a minute, but she understood. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just told her. I said, "Come on, man. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, I was a weasel. I told her I wasn't shit or spineless, spineless, whatever, whatever, right? But um, you know, I knew. You know, that was that was a part that was going to be a part of my promotional legacy in Los Angeles." Because wow. I had to do that deep cover record. I had to do that Chronic One record. I had to do that Snoop Doggy style.
2: Oh, yeah. And then,
1: you know, I after those three records, I could go on into the sunset. Because I did America's Most Wanted, Kill at Will, A Death Certificate. I did all that early Ice Cube stuff. Uh-huh. I did up to Little Injection for Ice Cube, right? Uh-huh. I did all of that early NWA stuff. I did all that Cypress Hill early stuff. Wow. I did all of the really good stuff that came out. My group Low Profile. I was Coolio's first manager. Damn. Coolio got a, a, a CD he did with low profile, and and, and, um, and DJ Aladdin. That's absolutely fucking incredible. Really? But he's known as a pop artist, but he got a fucking monster gangster CD, and that oh. was his real first CD. Wow! You know, I helped out Quick Early stuff. I helped out uh, Greedy Greg, and uh, well, Courtney and Tracy with quick in the early days. Wow! I did all of that Mellow Man Ace stuff in the early years. I did Kid Frost, uh I did M Walk in the Union, I did all that Tone Lok early stuff, um, who else? <clears throat> all that iced tea, wow. early stuff, like fix in the morning police at my door, I did all of that stuff, King wow. T, uh, the alcoholics, you see what I'm saying? Wow. So I, a, after after that after that um after that um altercation. NWA thing. stuff yeah. I knew I could retire, and wow. wasn't nobody ever gonna be able to fade that fucking resume.
0: No, they can't. Oh my god, it's just you know, <laughs> wow. Your legacy is just amazing, you know. But you and you, there's still so much you're gonna do because you still. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, I see. Damn. I
1: see a reopening in music. That's why I'm back vibrant. That's why I'm Damn. back. That's why I really am. I'm just plotting and.
0: Damn! To there's a reason. There's a reason I become friends with, with you too. There's a reason I become friends with you too. We have, We will discover that. But you know, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. There's a reason we are connected. Mm-hmm. I am so excited about this.